Blog Talk Radio. Guys, welcome to the Steel Wars live call-in show. I am comedian Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars. And for the next hour, we will be taking your calls and talking the wars. And we have an awesome co-host this week. He is my treasured Star Wars buddy from MakingStarWars.net. It's Jason Ward, good evening, morning, middle of the night to you, Jason. After we got name dropped by Mark Hamill, I go with makingstarwars.com now. But yeah, thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. <laughs> oh my God, he's already started with me. That was, um, <laughs> ex- explain that. Why, why is Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker himself, doing slightly off-brand promo for you? He reads the site. That's all I know. Because there was there was this moment for The Force Awakens where we talked about the first act of the film, and he's talked about reading that article. So I know he's been there. I don't. And he probably is just like, calm down, dude. All right, just stop posting stuff about my movie. <laughs> I can pretty much vouch for that. He's read the site. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and Bastard Force Awakens when. Uh, I was one of the few people saying, hey, he has like one scene, guys. And people were giving me death threats. I'm sure people were going on the other side of that going, Mark Hamill, making Star Wars says you're only in one scene. Is that true? They probably got that a lot. That's an awkward situation to be in. I'm sure. That's I, I'm, like... I'm, glad, I'm glad he's going to be in episode eight, like that he's actually featured in it. You know, It was a really cool thing for uh, Force Awakens, so I'm, I'm all for it or was for it. But at the same time, it's like, I think we're going to get Mark Hamill, like Luke Skywalker, just full force in the future. Like we're not even seeing like toys for him from that film because they're saving it for the next one. I assume. Oh, who knows what they're saving it for, (laughs) but I've got a new campaign, Jason. I'm glad you bring this up. You know, we didn't get, we didn't get much Mark Hamill in the force awakens. I'm not sure if that's gotten much press on the internet at all, but Episode 8, it's time to get down to business, and I'm starting my hashtag Ignite the Green campaign. We need Mark Hamill to ignite that green saber and do something with it. Yeah, no, but that sounds a little bit like a a very pro-marijuana stance, but I am with (laughs) the pro Luke Skywalker having a lightsaber in the next film. Yeah, I'm all for that. Well, that's the thing. It's such a vague hashtag. We can get like support from it from so many different. Think of the Irish. The Irish are going to be with us on this one. This is oh no, they mightn't be. They might not be. That might mean that we're going to like burn Irishmen. Hmm. Oh yeah, that, yeah. That sounds pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to. They're like, what? We let you make your your Star Wars movies here, and then you want to lynch us and burn us? Yeah. Not a, not the best idea. Not the best hashtag for inter- international relations. But I'm sure many Star Wars fans would take third degree burns to have Star Wars filmed near them. <laughs> yeah, I have a few. That also have awesome Episode 3 era Anakin Skywalker cosplay. 
so what, what's on the uh, table for today? Well, it, it, I think it's a bit of a slow week in Star Wars news, but there's always you know, plenty to chat about. Uh, we've got just hot off the internet, the Star Wars Rebels steps into shadow clip with Ezra. It's on making Star Wars a very interesting video series of um, filming on islands of the Acto scenes in Episode 8. Um, we've got some rumours about some lightsabers in Force Backs, also on Making Star Wars. And that's pretty much it. Is there any other sort of big news things that we're missing this week? I, don't, I, think, that's, I think that's about it, yeah. Let's talk a bit about Jason Ward, though. Not only are you getting name-dropped by Mark Hamill, but... You know, when I think of GQ magazine, I think of... Jason Ward. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. Being that, the, being that the first day I spent with you, you ended up quite a, uh, a, a broiled red in your Star Wars Hawaiian shirt. I, 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 there were several times I thought you were going to ask me for loose change. So I, I definitely I was, think about I you when I think of GQ. Lobster. Yeah, no, I'm a rock <laughs> Like it was like you, you, your Comic Con cosplay was like Star Wars fan Zoidberg. <laughs> oh man, that was that was it was don't get me wrong, it was great meeting you, but that was brutal. And I just showed up to San Diego Comic Con just there to see what was going on. I heard there was gonna be a Star Wars panel. And then it's like the first day I'm there and there's already a line for it. And it's like on Friday. So, yeah, when you met me, I was pretty much like a, a sunburned homeless person in line for several days until you came to help, like, alleviate the line so I could go home and take a shower. <laughs> I appreciated it. I was like, oh, hey, this guy's pretty cool. He's down for the cause. So. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and I'm on the yeah. other side going, this guy's let me in line. I'll, I'll mind his spot for me. It's, it's great. But, but yeah. now, after staying in that apartment that you guys stay in in San Diego, I feel even worse for you because it's quite a lush apartment and it's also like five minutes walk from where we were sleeping. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was the worst part was just sitting there. I didn't even have a chair because like, I was not prepared. Like I just went, I'm putting my ass down here now. And I'm getting in. I don't care what it's going to take. And then Mate, we offered we offered to go buy you a chair. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I didn't. At that point, I was like, it doesn't matter. My whole body hurts. You were the guy. Now I'm going. Just go on without me. There's 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 yeah. no saving me. I was actually more like that guy in Saving Private Ryan whose arm got shot off and he picked it up and was trying to put it back on like it wasn't no thing, even though it was like <laughs> really painful. But uh, anyways. Uh, uh, yeah, no, so we have, yeah, we have this, this really posh apartment that a friend lets us use, and we're, we're there, and we're like, and I'm sitting down there, and I'm like, oh, man, I wish I was, I wish I was just up in there in the air conditioning, and, and then this year, I came prepared, and there was nothing. There was no panel, so <laughs> go figure, but we had fun. We had fun, I think. I was kind of glad uh, there wasn't anything. We were able just to kind of, like, socialize for once. It, it, it did feel like we had a day off. We're on vacay. Yeah, it, I actually did less work than I do during the normal week when we were there. So, yeah, that was that was, that was nice. Hopefully next year it's a it's a mixture of the two. We get to go to the panel, but we don't have to camp out for like four days. You know, 
I love the camp out. Love the camp out. And uh, yeah, if you want to catch up on that that trip down memory lane, that's episode 50 of the podcast. Hey, we've got a call that's been on hold for a little bit. Uh, It's 714. So let's find out what you want to talk about today. Who are you and where are you calling from? I'm Nick. I'm calling from California. Hey, Nick. How you doing, man? So, Steela, I was just wondering, because you, you know that they're doing, uh, excuse the noise, I'm walking home right now, but um, you know how they're doing the Forest Friday thing again this year for Rogue One? Mm-hmm. So, I was just wondering, like, if you just had a whole bunch, like, just like a, some extra spending money, like, what would you consider buying if just, just over there, if you were there, were you going to do that? I the, the things that have caught my eye is the the Japanese stuff, the fig arts, um, the the shore trooper and 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 the KT and all that. I haven't like I, I love that giant Adat or the, what, what is it the AT ACT. I don't know. I'm getting dyslexia just thinking about it. But I I kind of think I'd get bored of that really quickly. Like I, I to be honest, I, I love my BB-8 Sephiro, but I, I sort of like the thought of owning it rather than actually playing with it that much. What, what, what products are you feeling, Jason? Yeah, I just actually bought all the Black Series figures. Um, somebody had them; they were wanted twenty apiece. So I was like, four. So I just, I just got the uh, the wave wave one of the Black Series Rogue One figures. And um, I'm feeling the ADAT or the ATHCT. Um, I'm going to get that, I think, for my son. My son is turning three in October. And uh, so I think I'm going to buy the ADAT for me and him and then uh, kind of review it on the site stuff. And I'm glad you altered who it was really for. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not trying to put any pretense like it's, like it's all about him. It's about, it's about me and him. It's about the fantasy that I have of, me and him, and we're in the grass, and that thing's walking around, and we're like, and he's like, you're the best dad. And I'm like, you're the best son. And we're just <laughs> playing with the toys. In reality, he'll probably walk up to it and jump kick it in two seconds and break it, but that's why. I'm picturing this beautiful Californian afternoon. The sun is setting, and you and your son, Luca, like just, just hugging in a park while the AT, ACT, Flies a kite for you both. <laughs> I actually, I was, I was thinking that we go there and we set them free. We just turn them on and point them in a direction, and we just kind of wave, and we're just like, you know what? He was too beautiful for this world. <laughs> and then I, and, and then I realized that I spent three hundred dollars on it, and I want to die. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a free willy vibe you got going there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it's it's so strange because like. Like, if you, if you and the wife have kids, like, your take on all of this is going to change so drastically. That, that's what I found. Just remembering back from, like, Force Friday for, with, for the Revenge of the Sith to The Force Awakens, how different those two things have been for me. Like, for, for, for Revenge of the Sith, I was buying, like, fancy Japanese art and, and uh, high, high-end toys and stuff like, like that. I guess the ad act is still high-end toy, but you know what I'm saying? And, like, on this new stuff, I'm like, God, I want that statue and I want that, but I'm like, ah, oh, the kids might get it. The kids might break it. And then I got to think about them. It's such a different experience being an old man now. 
<laughs> my, my version of that is going into Petco and buying a uh, a Star Wars themed mice toy. <laughs> I, I got my dog Buddy a uh, one of those BB-8 collars where like they print his name on the inside and stuff. Pretty fancy. Ooh. What toys are, are you thinking about? What products are, are hitting you? Um, I was thinking. I don't know if you've seen it. It's uh, you know how they did the Kylo Ren Black Series helmet last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they ha- they're doing that, but with the stormtrooper. So I just might buy that. Yeah, that's pretty sick. I- I've got an EFX stormtrooper helmet, and. It, it sort of sits in the center of my collection case, and, and I love it. I, I really do. It's it's weird that they've gone out with the white one, you know, which we're, you know, I've got I've got a white helmet in my cabinet already, and they didn't go out with the like the Death Trooper with the sweet green lights and stuff. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it, that that is so confusing to me. Like that if they went with the classic Stormtrooper, like that Death Trooper is going to be an easy sell because it's the new sexy thing. Like everybody's going to oh. want something of that. Um, they actually do have that, but it's like just those cheap $12 masks. Like, yeah, no, no, no they're, they're like, they're like 30 bucks, but they're like those voice changing ones from the oh, store. Yeah. 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 I, I got the, I got the Phasma for, for my son. He, he loves that. I think it's a great toy. But it's like it's not the same as like the replica talker. By the way, those those, those Kylo ones are are on clearance now. You get them for like fifty bucks now. Oh, cool! And then and then you can be Kylo Ren mum. <laughs> I'm like, come on, let's let, let's go, son. And he's like, okay, Kylo mom. <laughs> we haven't heard much from Chewbacca mom of late. What's the views on the election? <laughs> oh, I think Chewbacca mom's voting for Trump. I, I can guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> she along. She wants to build a wall, and she wants to keep those masks for 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 her kind. Keep those she wants to build out. a wall, and she wants people at comic cons to line up next to that wall and get her autograph. <laughs> oh man! Uh, anything else on your I'm mind? I'm sorry, Chewbacca mom. Oh no, that's it. <laughs> Uh, awesome. It. Well, I will put you back on hold so you can tin- continue listening. And uh, thanks so much for your call. Yeah, thank Bye, you. Man. Thank you so much for taking me. Bye. Cheers. All right. We have got another call on 314 area code. Who are you and where are you calling from? Oh, it's Eric from St. Louis. Oh, hey, Eric. How you doing, man? I'm hey, great, man. How are you guys? Good. Good. Beautiful Saturday morning. I'm. Uh, if you're in Melbourne, we've got a uh, a huge afternoon of live podcasts. We're doing a live Steel Wars and a live I Love Green Guide Letters. So I'm having a great day. Of course, a, a quarter of my day is podcasted. So I've hit I've hit peak millennial or something. <laughs> Pooping has to be the worst thing. <laughs> Let's not go there. What's on your mind? The guy with the toys, man, I wanted to say before I ask you my question, I can totally sympathize. My wife just got me the gigantic first order TIE fighter, the six inch figure scale one. As a nice. My little boy's two years old and he's like, Oh, blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry, son, I love you, but there are limits. But uh <laughs> anyway <laughs> I love how Jason Jason, fatherhood cha- changed Jason in that he's more like, I've got to buy stuff more for the kids. And it's changed Eric in that he's now more defensive. He's more nerdier than ever. <laughs> he's like, my, mine, 
You know what? This Eric, you are my father of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I go through the line at Target or wherever with my kids. My kids are complaining to the clerk. He's never going to let me play with this. You know, I'm not fooling everybody. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I love it. You're like, nope. It's always for adults. <laughs> That's right. I love that. It's like, is, is this for the little ones? No, it's for him. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Now, I did build a pretty cool lightsaber I let my, my kids play with, but um, I'm building both of them, one, uh, yeah. so they can maybe fight. I'm, I'm guessing that's going to be a huge mistake, but <laughs> figuring that out will be fun, I guess. Well, you make them fight well, with the sabers, and whoever wins, that's the child that you keep. <laughs> oh, my God, that's perfect. You know, I, I've, I've grown, like, a collection of lightsabers from all the events we've gone to where they, they hand them out to you and stuff. And uh, our, our, my kids are three and one and a half right now. And uh, what, what I do is uh, I put them up in the closet, and when they're good, I take them down and let them beat the shit out of each other with it. They, they, they love that. And then I'm like, okay, it's going back up now because if you don't, it's nonstop chaos. It's like living in the Geonosian arena like the rest of your life. But, but if, you, if you do it the other way, you can bribe them. That's, that's one of my favorite country songs, Jason. <laughs> living in the Geonosian arena. <laughs> I tell you a weird thing about lightsabers. A weird thing about lightsabers is every time I've seen Harrison Ford in real life, I've been given a green sabered Star Wars lightsaber. Hashtag ignite the saber. Ignite no, the green. green saber. Ignite the, the green. Ignite saber. the green. The green saber. Ign- ignite no, the ignite green. the green. Oh yes, it's not. Don't ruin my hashtag. Don't ruin my hashtag. Hashtag Mendo. <laughs> Dude, that was a setup. That was a setup right there. I just set you up to clarify. <laughs> Get it out there. But, but yeah, when we did the um, we did the lineup and we went to the Star Wars concert. That was a Harrison Ford sighting, my first one, and they gave us all that commemorative lightsaber. Yeah. And I made sure I got a green one. And then when I interviewed him in Sydney, they gave all the TV reporters lightsabers, which. It was very ambiguous whether you were meant to give them back at the end of the event because they were sort of higher end. But right. I didn't want to bother anyone from because they had a hard day working out, you know, the event logistics and stuff. So I didn't want to. So I carried it home for them. But yeah, so two green savers, and that's my favourite <laughs> lightsaber. So it's, it's such a good luck. But did you have well, a question? Like you, you, <laughs> I don't even remember what it was now. Um, well, actually, no, I got I got one for each of you. Um, Jason, has there yeah. ever been a, a piece of information you've received? You're like, oh, I don't know if I want to put this out there. I'm going to sit on it. Every single time, honestly. <laughs> like, like every single piece of information. Because I mean, it, it's to a point now. I mean, I, I like running the site, and I, I like talking about Star Wars, obviously. But it's to the point now because the site is larger than it was, like, say, a year ago even that when I put anything out, like, if I pay attention, like, it's just criticisms from the right and the left. And unless you're telling people what they want to hear, then it's just terrible. So I do hear right. things sometimes, and I'm like, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't need that in my life. Like, of all the things I could talk about, like, back in the day, for instance, there was a rumor that Yoda farted in episode three, which probably was an animatic, actually. 
And um, that got out. And like, if I got that today and I released that information, for instance, it would just be like, I would just get killed on Reddit. It just wouldn't even be, you know, it wouldn't be fun. It's already not fun on Reddit, but you know what I mean. So yeah, right. all the time. If that answers your question, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, always like, oh man, well, what's gonna happen if I talk about this? And and I only release stuff if it's like, if I know something and it's really dead and like it's everybody's bored and I'm like, let's talk about something. So. Right. <laughs> well, that makes a lot of sense though, man. I bet I bet that would be pretty nerve wracking. You're never gonna find anybody who loves you or hates you more than insane fans of some franchise. Yeah. Like and, 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 and who about, wants to be liked on Reddit anyway? Oh, yeah, I know. That, that's true. I, I figure if, I'm, if I am liked on Reddit, I'm probably doing something wrong. But, the, but let's, no, like, let's go into... With, let's, with, let's not... The yeah. main story is this Yoda fart. What, tell us the story behind this Yoda fart. Uh, it, it's been a long time, but if I remember correctly, you know, in the sequence when the ATDPs are coming on Kashyyyk, and they're, like, looking for, for Yoda after Order 66. Yoda was going to crawl into, like, a canoe or something, and the, the uh, walkers uh, ascend on him and the troopers, and they see him, and he pretends to be the fool from The Empire Strikes Back. Like, we see him acting like, and he has sticks in his hair. There's been concept art that's come out of Yoda with sticks in his hair and stuff, and he looks like a crazy person, which I think is a confirmation of the rumor. And, um... So then Yoda lets out a little fart, and they're like, what an idiot. And then they just kind of, like, like move on. It thinks that he's a, a crazy person out there in the forest. And uh, that, that was, it got, it got out, it got online. Everybody cried about it like it was the end of days. And then, you know, it didn't make the cut. Maybe because of the online stuff. I don't know. I don't know how much, they, I don't know how much George Lucas cared about that kind of stuff. But, well, uh, if, it, if it was because of the online stuff, huge win for the internet. <laughs> right. Well, no, I mean, wouldn't it have been kind of cool, though, to have seen Yoda doing what he does in Empire, like, in a different setting? Like, he has played that little, you know, foolish rabbit on the side of the road before. I don't know. You don't need it, though. Yeah. No, like, that, that bit I like, because it ties yeah. in. But I don't... No farting. No farting. Yeah. It is still Yoda. It is still Yoda ripping ass at the end of the day. That is still what it would be, so... I've got a question yeah. for you, Jason. About Yoda's, you know, crazy old man act. Yeah. In Empire Strikes Back, now that we know, Yoda and R2-D2 went on missions together. They knew each other. Mm -hmm. Like, right. when R2 and him are fighting over the torch, are they both doing some crazy improv sketch for, for like, Luke Skywalker or... What's the deal with R2 not just giving him the torch? <clears throat> I, I just think uh, on that right there, like, yeah, you always wonder, like, is that supposed to be a lightsaber in mechanic, like, what, he's, what he's doing? But uh, I, I think, I, I don't think they remember each other, personally. I think uh, Obi-Wan, I, I still, I'm still of the opinion that it, Obi-Wan just really just doesn't give a shit about R2-D2, doesn't remember who he was, just kind of moved on, because he's known a lot of droids. And I, so I kind of think it's just a thing. Now, what is R2 thinking in the moment, though, right? Yeah. Is R2 like, Yoda's gone crazy? So, you know, is Yoda, has he lost his mind out here in the swamp? I, I, I think so. I, I, I think R2 is buying into it because R2 is getting impatient. If R2 was just sitting there being cool, R2 would be like, this is a test, and this fool's about to fail it. I'm just going to back up and let it happen. 
but he doesn't do that. He's like, no, he's like, give me that back, fool. So I think it's pretty rageful on, on R2's part. I think R2 wanted to I don't know. When you think about it, R2 is such a dark... Like, he's such a... He's a dick. Like, he knows all this yeah. stuff, and he's just like, I'm just going <laughs> to let these humans, like, what about their drama, and I'm just going to laugh and laugh. That's well, your dad, R2 dude. No, R2 wants to build a wall, and he believes that binary is the basic language everyone should speak. So if you don't speak binary, he won't tell you. He won't lay it out for you. Jason, you've probably seen it, but all of the Lego Star Wars stuff, the one where um, uh, Yoda, Mace Windu are just racking their brains trying to figure out who the Sith Lord in their midst is, and R2 is right there trying to tell him, but he can't speak English. (laughs) (laughs) And he spells out Palpatine. (laughs) <laughs> out of sticks or something, and they're like, "That's it. We can have Palpatine." He thinks it is, you know. And Archie's like, "Screw you guys. Like, I'm done." Guys. <laughs> uh, that's great. It's just like, "That's it. I'm not using my jetpacks to save you anymore." <laughs> yep. From now on, going forward in these episodes, I'm going to be less mechanically advanced than I was earlier. I've, I've lost the will to fly. <laughs> Well, I mean, we don't I, know, though. I don't, all we know in episode eight is going to be flying around and hovering and stuff. We don't know. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of the jetpack, man. Just not buying it. Yeah. Me neither. Eric, did you have another question? I did for you, sir. Um, mm-hmm. I know you had a lot, of, a lot of sweet toys, you know, growing up to hear you talk about all your awesome vintage stuff. Was there one toy that if you would have had this, the entire course of your life would have been completely different. You just dreamed about it, dreamed about it, and never got it. The entire course of my life would have been changed by a toy. <laughs> wow. Well, I was trying that to, you know, really set toy. it up. <laughs> okay, still, think back to the week you met your wife. What was happening in Star Wars then? What could have happened that would have made you not meet her at that party or wherever? Wow. Think about it. Think um, about it. Between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, hmm, I don't know. Maybe if somehow Star Wars made me not want to go into the city and drink alcohol, I'm not sure how that would happen. But so it I don't know. I, I, I spent all your money. Oh no, I, I drank for free as well. So oh, I need to move to Australia. Yeah, life is good here when you've got a, a big mouth in Melbourne. Um, <laughs> I, I I never had heaps of toys when I was super little. Like we had, I had figures and mini rigs, which I always like. I think Mum bought the mini rigs because you know you could buy seven of them instead of one Millennium Falcon or something. But I, I never had like a major ship when I was little. So when I got them when I was um, an uh, inverted commas adult, that was that, that was thrilling. But I, I, the one toy I want that is my holy grail is that Huffy bikes in '83 made a ride on speeder bike for kids that was sort of some prize. And I think there's only yeah. like like one or two thousand in that. Like, that to me is, it's such a perfect use of the license. Like, it's, like, when you watch the movie, like, that, that's a perfect product to make from the movie, is, like, a, a push bike, speeder bike. So, maybe that. That, that would have changed my, 
course of my life because Jackie probably wouldn't have talked to me if I rode into that nightclub on my Huffy speeder bike. <laughs> Dude, when, when, when that thing was, was a contest giveaway, I was running around on a Dukes of Hazard big wheel that was full of the Confederate flag, the most offensive <laughs> big wheel of all time. And I'm like, why couldn't I just have, have had that little ride-on speeder bike? Why did you not produce that? Crazy. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was an awesome, awesome idea. I have a question for you guys. What was your favorite mini rig? Uh, I know mine. It was the Indoor Forest Ranger. That that design was badass. Like, you can treat really? it like it always stayed level. Oh, yeah, I love that thing. That thing was so cool. I had a lot of the Empire Strikes Back ones, too, because they were, like, on clearance when Jedi was about to come out. I was about, I was almost about to turn four. So, like, that was, like, at my price point, you know? And uh, so I had, like, like the uh, gun for the snow troopers and stuff. But it was, it was those, that was, like, a little complex. It was in the mini-league line, I think. But, uh, but those, like, little cars and stuff they made, and they made one that was, like, a, a little, like, domed hover kind of thing with claws, and you could put Bosk in it. I thought that was Bosk's ship. And it was in the movie. And every time I would watch Empire when I was, like, really little at the drive-in, I would be like, where is it? Where is it? Like, and I, it wouldn't show up. And I'd be like, what is this? What is this about? Yeah, that, that, that bounty hunter ship was dope. Like, it had, like, the little dome thing and then, like, all these claws. Cap and two. then, a, like, Cap a, two. Yeah, a capture thing at the back. Yeah, that was sick. Yeah. I, I like that one. And probably the other one was the, the mini shuttle just because it was, like, an actual vehicle from the movie. Mm-hmm. That, that thing came out before the Shuttle Tiberium or the Imperial Shuttle. So, like, that was your only way to even have anything like that for, for a time. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. I, I love when I was little, when I was little, my, here we go, get the, get the reminiscing music playing. Um, <laughs> my, grand, my, my dad's dad, I was his only grandson. I was born on his birthday. And so my parents really? were like, there's no point in it, us getting him anything because my grandpa is going like, to come through big time because, you know, I'm his pride and joy. He got me this, and I, God, I don't know what ever happened to it, but it was like a Jawa droid factory thing. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I mean, I was, I yes. was young. Yeah, I, I actually, um, uh, I, I, was, I have like a, this crazy story about that. Was they, they produced that thing in three different iterations. The first one had a buildable R2-D2, and then we built one bad. that had like 8D8 and uh, like Nick 2 and I think Klaatu with it. And then later on, for Power of the Force, they made this one, and it had, like, a Monoman, Barata, and EV-9-D9, which are, like, all, like, very expensive Power of the Force 85 figures. I went to this estate sale, and for some reason, they had, like, nine of them in a box, like, completely sealed. And uh, this was, like, 1994-ish or something like that. I gave the lady, like, 65 bucks for the box of those. And, like, throughout my teenage years, I pretty much just sold those. <laughs> like the comic book stores and stuff and we lived off the cash. But yeah, that, that, that set with the base and it had like a claw that went down and, and the later ones had like a branding iron. So that, you know, you could do that scene where he burns the power droid's feet. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I used to burn, burn the hell out of power droid's feet. Cause he's like the, the, the crappiest toy ever. And my stickers came off on mine. So he was just even worse. Oh, you're offending gong droid now, Jason. Yeah, you got to. You just think I'm right. <laughs> They don't have feelings. They're not people. 
I've, I've talked to Tony before. He has lots of feelings. <laughs> lots and lots of feelings. Hey, Eric, thanks so much for calling in. Um, do it any other time you wish. Right on, man. Thanks for taking my call. You guys are both awesome. Yeah, pleasure. Steel Wars is thrilled to have been invited to participate in the LA Podcast Festival at the Sofitel Hotel in Beverly Hills, which runs from Friday the 23rd of September to Sunday the 25th. We will be recording live on the 24th. If you don't know, the LA Podcast Fest is like a music festival, but it's nothing but comedy podcast. How cool is that? And if you cannot make it in person, you can join us through the virtual ticket, which enables you to watch all the podcasts broadcast live as they happen and also give you access to the archives to all the live shows for the following month. And we are talking about the cream of the crop of comedy podcasting. We've got the Todd Glass Show, Comedy Film Nerds, The Dollop, and Will Anderson's Tofop, and so much more. You'll hear old favorites, and you'll discover new amazing shows. And if you're into podcasting, there is also a stream of information sessions that all podcasters should be listening to. How to market, how to monetize, how to make it sound better. The virtual ticket is normally $25, but if you use coupon code STEEL, S-T-E-E-L-E, you will get $5 off. And also, here's the cool thing for me, they'll handball me a little pile of cash for getting you to sign up with my coupon code. Plus, more importantly, you'll get to see the live broadcast of the Steel Wars podcast at the LA Podfest. We have been working hard on some very special surprise guests. And I don't want to call it too soon, you guys, but we may be having the best time ever. So, LAPodfest.com, the virtual ticket. You'll be entertained, you'll be informed, and you'll be helping out your little old mate, Steel. All the details are at LAPodfest.com. We have got uh, a couple more people on hold and we will get to you in two seconds. But I just want to bring up uh, to Jason, did you watch that new Rebels, the step Steps into Shadow clip with Ezra? Oh, yeah. That was scary. Was it scary? I don't it know. Was... I, I, I don't know if I cared. I'm, I'm a little ambivalent about it. Yeah. The um. So if anyone hasn't seen it, uh, it's a clip from the new series of Rebels. Uh, I'm sure it's up on makingstarwars. dot. It is com. dot com. Is that what you call it now? Yeah, makingstarwars. dot com. Mark Hamill's <laughs> favorite. <laughs> They're getting attacked by a um. I don't know the the exact designation, but the Rebels version of the ATST, and. Ezra uses the force to make the driver attack other stormtroopers, which was quite... Um, I don't think I was ready to see, like, a stormtrooper... You don't see that too much, just get shot. No? But they always no, tend I mean, to... It, I don't know. It brought into question, like, is this guy turning to the dark side? Because those are questionable methods, and it makes me think immediately of Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi when he shows up at Jabba's palace and starts choking the Morian guard. It's kind of like, homie, you're misusing the Force here. It's not the way it works. If, 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 uh, if Obi-Wan's going to get mad that Anakin's trying to 
feed a fine lady a pear using the force, you're definitely not allowed to use it that way. Mm. I'll tell you that much. I don't know. I, I, how do you feel about Ezra in episode... Th- I, I, I'm just not that keen to see him, like, struggle with the dark side. I, he has to be yeah. slightly, like, less of an annoying character and then... Like, he, it's such a, a whiny struggle with the dark side. Right. That, that's, that's the whole thing. Is like, is it going to be a real, like, 2D, you know, Disney Channel version of struggling with something? Mm. And we, we kind of, I mean, I think, I think critics of the prequels would say we've already seen that, but I think that we really have, you know, with the prequels. But I kind of don't think that, I think that made sense. Like, there was a kind of a, a social sociological grounding to Anakin Skywalker in the sense that he was like removed from his mother at this age. He has these attachment issues, and then therefore he transfers that to Padme. You see how these things compound. Like whether you like the movie or not, you could see it laid out. Right now, it's like Ezra's parents were podcasters. They went missing, <laughs> and, and then you know, and then now he has like a new family. It seems to be pretty well, but uh oh, he met. Mall and and now he's you know gonna gonna take this quick and easy path, and I still think he would probably go that way because it's not like he really has. I mean, Kanan's I think a pretty fun character, but he's not what you would call I think a good Jedi master. He's you know what I mean. He's pretty much just like he's like he's kind of like a he's almost like a dad who has to be there like a, or like a stepdad or something to Ezra at this point. So I, I yeah. do buy into the fact that he would struggle with it, but I'm not sure I buy into the entry point to it yet. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I sort of find Kanan a bit of a downer of a character, like a bit of a... He's always sort of, like, complaining or... Yeah, he's always he got his arms crossed. Either. He's always got his arms crossed in mm-hmm. whether he has or not. Like, like his vibe is very arms crossed. Yeah, yeah. It, it's... it's um, it's I'm the adult here. It's kind of like what he's regulated to. They've kind of done that, that artificial family unit. And so it just means that Ezra talks to the camera practically. He's, he's almost Zach Morris at times. And uh, <laughs> it was funny, after the premiere of Rebels uh, at, at Comic-Con uh, the year before, I, when I was there, I went to it and I got in. And they were like, what would you think? What would you think? And I'm like, I like it, but I don't really like it when Ezra, you know, talks out, speaks out loud. And everyone I told that to at Lucasfilm looked at me like I was just the biggest jerk in the world. But I'm like, you know, that's, that's kind of the problem is that it, this guy says what's on his mind, but it doesn't really take us there in the episode or in the show. And uh, I, 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 I sound like I don't like Rebels, and I really do like it. But I, I'm only critical of those things because I think that there's so much potential there. But it kind of sometimes gets kind of hampered by that stuff. Like... I would love to see, like, like what is, you know, Hera, like, more of Hera and those characters, too. And it's really going to be the Ezra and Sabine show from here on out. So I, I, I'm accepting that, I think. I think that's what it's going to be. Anyway. Yeah, like, the, the, whatever the opening sort of movie was at the episode two, the, the opening sort of hour length, what was that one called? The one with Darth Vader? Yeah. The Siege of the Soul? Was that, was that, was that it? Um it's been a while. I don't know, but it, yeah, whatever the one yeah. where Darth Vader's in his TIE fighter and he does, he does like a sweet sessie in space and kills everyone. Like, I, I thought that, like that hour was just amazing. Like, yeah, such good Star Wars. But 
I don't know. I, the, the end of season two just left me, I just thought it was such a flaccid ending. Like we've just got all these, like kill a character like yeah. Darth Maul or Ahsoka. It's like, you can't just keep having these characters almost dying and coming back. Like it just, it, like it wears out the impact and, and it also lessens like, the emotional response when they finally, you know, ever do die. Like, I, I just don't think, I think killing Ahsoka now is, it's, it's popped. The bubble is popped. Like if she's still alive, which they, it seems to imply that she's going to come back in some form, but like, yeah, she will. I just, yeah. Like, I think if she dies later on, it's like, we've had like too many false starts that no one's going to care as much sort of thing. Like, whereas if she died, at the way that Filoni suggested that she may have at a celebration with Anakin sabering her and the last thing she sees is Anakin's face through the Vader mask. Oh, yeah. my God. You know, that would, like, have, that would have been the capstone to the Clone Wars that the Clone Wars needed. I mean, as far as terms of that character, that, is, that was the answer. And it, it sucks that I don't, I don't want to call them cowards, but it sucks that, 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 that they weren't brave enough to go through with it because... Like, like uh, on the Rebels uh, Season 2 Blu-ray, there's this moment where the, there's barely any extras on it, and on the, one of the extras it has, at the end of it, Filoni's like, and, and you're going to find out what happened to Ahsoka. And I'm just kind of like, I was like, I, that was the point of Season 2, man. Like, you already kind of promised that, and, and it didn't really deliver for me. So, yeah, I'm kind of to the point now where it, when Ahsoka comes back again, I don't know if I'm going to care. Like, it's going to have to be a really creative way that, that this goes down. But I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping that they have a story that really links things to, like, Mortis and Ahsoka's resurrection. Because, you know, there was that playing card set, or not playing card, but the digital trading card set for Tops. And mm-hmm. uh, in that, like, it, those cards kind of tell a story. And uh, so it kind of makes it look like there's this little white owl, and that's related to, to, to Ahsoka and to the um, sister who gave her life for her in Mortis to resurrect her. Mm. And uh, so it kind of makes me think that it, that there might be a bigger supernatural plan on the table. And uh, if that's the case, then I'm all for it. But right now, as things stand, I'm, a, I'm way underwhelmed. Yeah, I heard someone talking about this on a podcast the other day about, you know, characters that could, you know, come into the, the like the movies and stuff. And I don't know, I, I kind of have this, like in the cartoon, like in Clone Wars and stuff, there's that sort of the more wizardish, mystical side of the Force, like with the Night Sisters and stuff. Yeah. Do you think that would? Do you think that sort of the Force and and like the Mortis type stuff would play in a movie? Because to me, it's I don't know. I've just got to disconnect with that Force and you know the Force that Yoda talks about in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I, 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 know, I know what you mean. Like, like in a way, and Empire Strikes Back is completely almost, I, I'm not an expert on it, but it sounds a lot more zen than anything. And, and then what you get to, it, it's, it's a little easier to be that when you've been to those places. You know what I mean? It kind of like, there's not really any faith involved at that point for someone like Yoda or Anakin and Obi-Wan. They, they, they've pretty much been to the Musa world or whatever with Mortis and, and uh, that final Yoda arc. But, you know, the, the thing about it is I don't know if we're going to see that kind of stuff really coming back too much because 
it was George Lucas that was guiding that stuff. And he's the one, he, he, he's brave, for better or worse. He, he's really a brave storyteller. He'll, he'll, he'll do whatever sounds like a good idea that's interesting and fun, and then he can see as a platform to build on. And I, don't, I can't imagine most writers going into Star Wars or joining the story group and being like, you know what, I'm going to reinvent the force right now. I think most people would be well afraid to, to, to even try and touch the force beyond what George has left, you know, in terms of, uh, of uh, that, that little video and talk that he did for them before he sold, sold out to uh, Disney. Yeah, I don't think they... I, I think it's the less said about it, the better. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, but um, it's interesting. I've there's a question here on the chat room from Miximus. Um, he wants to know, as you have a really good grasp of the story and some great ideas, would you ever like to write a Star Wars novel? Is that something that um, like you would like to do, or, or are you just like critiquing the story rather than producing it? Yeah. I, I, to me, that sounds like a nightmare. It really does. Like, like it, it, it's. I, I love Star Wars, and I love consuming it. You know, like it's like. But I don't think I would ever want. To, I know I made a mistake. I wrote a thing called "Making Star Wars" because I'm very interested in the making of the film. But it doesn't sound like it would be something that I would, if ever given the opportunity, I would actually appreciate. I think it would drive me crazy, because I would want my book to be the best Star Wars book ever written. I'd want it to do everything I've ever wanted a Star Wars book to do. And then what's going to happen is that it, you're going to get that gig and then they're going to slam you with, here are your parameters, you know, because we got this other movie coming out and this other thing. And, you know, so it, it feels like to me, like the books are always like they're taking the author, handcuffing their hands and throwing them in the ocean. And like, they're like, swim, make something good. And uh, it just, it rarely ends up that way. I mean, there's like, there's a couple of magical people who make it happen though. So, but I, I, I don't, I'm not so egocentric. I, I, I believe I would be one of those people. Yeah. I'm more of in the, like hearing an idea and then sort of going, oh, and maybe do this, don't do that rather than mm-hmm. like coming up with an idea myself. That's, that's, that's more sort of, where my my head lies we have got uh, about 13 minutes left on the show we've got four people on hold and we will get to you whether it is you can stay on and then we can take your call in the bonus section if we don't get to you in the live calls and of course on the main steel wars podcast this week we've got an interview with adam bray who wrote such star wars source books as Ultimate Star Wars and Star Wars Everything You Need to Know. So check that out if you are after extra Star Wars content. And who isn't? Isn't after extra Star Wars content, Jason? I need it. I need that content. I can't sleep that <laughs> night without it. Adam Bray is such a nice guy, though. I, I got to say, that guy is like, on Twitter, he's like one of the nicest people. I'm like, man, this guy's like a saint or something. Yeah, he's... Really, really sweet. And, like, he came up and sort of said hey to me at, at Comic-Con, like, last year or something, and I was just like, oh, Star Wars author knows I exist. Yes. But um, And then <laughs> since then, we've stayed in contact. And it was so funny at Celebration London, we bumped into him in the hotel, like, the, the buffet sort of thing one morning. One of uh, the Star Wars Underworld 
listeners, uh, Rusty sort of invited us over for breakfast at his uh, hotel and Adam came over and, you know, saw us and came and sat down and Dominic was so happy to meet him, Dominic Jones, but he was yeah. so worn out, he fell asleep during the breakfast <laughs> and he's such a nice guy that he's, he's it, it, sh- it shattered him that he, he showed this Star Wars author such uh, disrespect. They're both, they're both like so nice. Like, yeah, yeah, he would never do anything like that to be disrespectful. He would just suck it up because that guy, man, he's a party animal, though. Dominic, <laughs> is, he looks like a nice guy. He appears to be sweet, but when it comes to partying, man, just don't get in his way. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, he, he, has, he, he has definitely changed his image over the years because I remember when we met him at, at Comic-Con that year and we had that, I think Tracy had the hip flask or something in the um, yeah. And just before the panel, we were all having shots of whatever you know, whiskey or something. And Dominic was like, "No, no, 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 no." And then at celebration in London, he was buying cases of beer and just drinking all night. It was he's really let himself go, that guy. When in Rome, that that's that Dominic's <laughs> new thing. He doesn't know what it means though. Uh, a few comments from the Blog Talk Radio chat room. Uh, Mixima says you'd have to ignore Twitter after writing a Star Wars novel or pretty much producing anything for the public, I think, uh, Miximus. And Emily says, uh, I mean, Jesus, no matter what you think of Aftermath, nobody deserves what Chuck Windeg had thrown at him, which... yeah. I hate, I hate, like, the whole bigoted thing about putting a gay character in a book. Like, I I hate it. And it's the same with the Ghostbusters thing. Like, just let us nerds not like stuff for nerd reasons. Like, like when you start complaining about all this other bullshit because you're a bigot, it's like, like, not only are you bigoting, but you're spoiling our nerd fun of deciding what we like and don't like and not having it caught up in this whole other dialogue of, of misogyny. No, no, exactly. That's what, that's what I, that's, that's the biggest backfire of the whole thing, at least for the fandom itself is we can't have a conversation about, about aftermath and aftermath two. We can't have like a legitimate one about here's where the book rocks and here's where it doesn't rock openly like on Twitter with just friends because it immediately you have bigots and racists jumping in on one, one hand on one side of it. Then you have like the save the expanded universe side of it. That's just mad that it life, life went on in a different direction. And, and it's just, it's a perfect storm for that guy. And it's just like, yeah, it's not fair. And it kind of ties into that other question. Someone, when, when we were, and I was asked, um, do you ever think like, Oh, I don't want to put this out or, or whatever, you know? Like, I could only imagine what it must be like for a Star Wars author who's put, like, real, like, creative, you know, they put themselves into, the, into these books to make it happen. And then you just have these people that are just vultures. And, yeah, that doesn't sound like fun at all. I mean, it's really, like, social media and doing anything actually isn't that fun. I kind of miss the times before I was so involved and I could go onto a message board and talk about Star Wars without it, like meaning some, so much or, or being attacked for it and stuff, you know? It's such a weird place to be, especially for them. Yeah, we have got four people on hold and we will get to you probably in the bonus section, so stay on hold, but I want to uh, just follow up on that. It's also a tough situation that Chuck Windegg's in, in that 
as you said about writing a novel, he does have parameters to work with. And I almost think that, like, like not on purpose, but Lucasfilm kind of set him up for a giant backlash in overhyping that book, The First Aftermath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, really, it really did seem like it was going to be Heir of the Empire of the Retelling, and it was not that. Yeah, like would you, agree? A, you, know, he, would you would you agree with that? I mean, it, that was the vibe. That was the, the that, that was that that kind of narrative. I think was allowed to progress, and everyone so, involved. So how how that do you mean? Case. Well, Just restate that for us. Yeah, no, no. It was like there was a narrative that was kind of forming in the fandom. I don't even know if they were aware of it, but that it was that this book was going to kind of give us the answers about what. Luke, Leia, Han, and those types of people were up to right mm. after Return of the Jedi. And, and it felt like it was going to be like, you know, the first couple of chapters of Heir to the Empire, like whether on Coruscant and Luke's drinking hot chocolate and Leia's turning off light switches because she's pregnant and stuff. Like, it, it kind of made it kind of, people kind of had this notion that we were going to have that in that book. And it was a completely different ensemble cast and snippets of what was going on, going on around the galaxy. Now, I actually have to say, as time goes on, I, I really do appreciate Aftermath a lot more for what it does. Like, we've never seen a book like that that had the opportunity, too, to give those, uh, what, what does he call them? Those, like, those, those little anecdotes or whatever you want to call oh, them. The, like, the, you know, the, the, the interludes? The interludes. Like, like I, I love those. I think that was fun. Like, like, uh, like, like, like the, the, uh, the father and the son on Coruscant picking up the rock, you know? And, like, what that, oh, that, was like, that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, like, like those kind of scenes were, were, were really great. And I think they really contribute something to the tone. Like in so, in so many words, I think that sets the, the tone for what books should be doing when it tackles that era. You know what I mean? Mm. When you talk about what Coruscant is like at that time, like that stuff is all like really cool. But then like the main story, it was almost like here's Star Wars Rebels season one in a different way. Kind of, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, here's a different cast and misfits coming together. And, uh, and, and uh, I think that it, it just kind of turned people off because we didn't get any Han, Luke, or Leia. We did not get any... We got really no... Part of the puzzle was really solved from reading Aftermath, in, really. Like, it didn't tell you very much at all. It told you that there was chaos, and I love the chaos. And, and I think I like Aftermath 2 better for that reason. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And I... I the, my biggest gripe with it was that the the bounty hunter up the tree and on, on Endor. To me, that was just a classic EU wedge in mistake. It was a yeah. It was it was a Back to the Future Part Two moment, right? Marty McFly is up yeah. in the rafters while he's playing guitar, and you're like, I don't know about that one. I mean, that was a time travel story, so I buy it. But yeah, and that one right there, I was like, yeah. Um, well, that, that, right, that assassin probably should have been somewhere else. It should have been someone else. It should have been like Mod Mothma, something like that. It shouldn't have been Princess Leia on indoor during a battle, during a secret battle. Like, how, yeah, that was, that was a, a, a mistake, but no one's perfect. Like, that is such a good bounty hunter to find out about this secret mission, get past the Imperials, get on that planet, get up the right tree. Like... Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> we. Oh well. Oh well, it's off now. I, I, I yeah, if you were if you were a really straight bounty hunter, you probably would have still pulled the trigger, you know, like, you know what, came all this way, 
going to shoot someone. Shoot the Wookiee. <laughs> Guys, we are almost out of time for the live show. The four people on hold. We've got 406 and then three Skype callers. We will talk to you in the bonus show. If you are interested in getting things like the bonus show, you can sign up for the Steel Wars supporter page. It is $3 a month Australian, which is about $2.20 American or a pound and a half in the UK. Uh, you get the hour extended bonus show, so an extra hour each week along with full access to all our archives over, I think there's maybe 140 or 50 full-length shows, um, and it helps keep the podcast going. Jason Ward, it is nothing but a constant delight to talk Star Wars with you. Before we go off the free feed, plug everything we need to know about your activities on the internet. Yes. Check out ghostfancy.com. It's a show that Randy and I do from Now This Is Podcasting, and it's like where we retell paranormal stories in a comedic fashion. Still's been on it. You've got to hear his role. It's, it's hilarious. And then makingstarwars.net, and all of the social media is just making Star Wars, you know, Instagram and all that jazz. And, uh, and I want to thank, every, thank you for having me tonight, and thanks to everyone uh, for being so nice. I was afraid I'm going to get... Uh, a really mean person on a call-in show. No, no, not not on the Steel Wars call-in show. We just, it's, this is the cool kids. This <laughs> is, is the cool kids. Cool kid. So on, uh, in the bonus show, we'll be talking to four callers and then we're going to talk a little bit about an interesting set of videos on making Star Wars uh, live filming of the filming island. Um, <laughs> I want to pick Jason's mind about the Knights of Ren, what we know when we'll see them again, and why? Why was it Lucasfilm's fault with their secrecy in the lead up to The Force Awakens that, that led to all these Snoke theories, which led to the Your Snoke Theory Sucks t-shirts, which just came in and are now shipping, by the way, so you can grab those. Um, so we'll talk about that in the bonus section. Thank you to everyone that chatted in the chat room. Oh, Emily in the chat room says, thanks, Steele and Jason. Looking forward to the bonus Thank section. Thank you, Emily. And uh, thanks to everyone involved. I will hit end and then... Oh, actually, I think we've got 35 seconds. Anything you want to get in, Jason, before we go to the calls? Um, I just wanted to uh, say to check out our video series that you kind of talked about where we're just having a, a lot of filming of the filming that will be up. And I'm going to do one or two a day for probably a couple of weeks. So you can check can, that can out. Listeners, it, 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 can uh, listeners send in footage of them watching the filming of the filming to get extra meta? If, you, if they do it, I will post it. I will post <laughs> May the force be with you. Let's go into the bonus section, Jason. We're in the bonus section. 406, you are on the line. Who are you and where are you calling from? Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the very fun Steel Wars live call-in show with Jason Ward of MakingStarWars.net. And now this is podcasting. The podcast where they now this on it. 
or something like that. Hey, we had the live call-in show and the Steel Wars main show, the interview, the traditional, the classic Steel Wars show on two different feeds, but after some deep podcasting, deep thought, I'm going to combine the two. So if you are subscribed to the call-in show feed on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasting from... I will still add the episodes to that feed, but eventually it will phase out. So just find the other Steel Wars feed and you can have it all in an easy-to-access single feed for all things Steel Wars, which will be convenient, I guess. And of course, if you are on iPhone or iPad, you can download the free Steel Wars app where you can download or stream in a beautiful app format. As mentioned at the end of the show, Jason Ward and I kept recording. We went another hour and 10 minutes. We took another couple of phone calls and went deep, deep on some... It was a really good chat, actually. I learned a lot. I would pay $3 a month to become a Steel Wars supporter to hear the hour and 10 minutes of extra chat me and Jason Ward laid down. So the Steel Wars supporter page, how that works is our very benevolent listeners kick in $3. You can do more if you wish, but $3 is the minimum, which is about $2.20 in America. It's about a pound and a half in the UK. And it's other amounts in other currencies, you guys. That's what I'm trying to get at. But it's $3 Australian. And that helps the podcast continue. The deal is, if people just chip in a little bit, then I'll be able to sustain recording these shows for you every week. And I love to record bonus episodes to reward the people that have put their faith and their coins in me. And along with the extra hour or so of call-in show time, you also get access to the complete library of Steel Wars interviews and episodes. There's, what is there, there's 106 or 8 or 7 at the moment, depending on when you're listening to this. And you get all the exclusive shows. There's the Gonk and Steel's Trash Compactor, just two mates, me and my friend Gonk Droid from Jack Pacific Toys, just talking Star Wars every couple of weeks. Every two weeks, I record a episode of Questions You Have, Answers I Give, where the supporters write in questions on the supporter page, and I go through and answer them. And we just did it one this week, and it sparked up so many Star Wars memories. I think I told a bunch of old stories of, of collecting and stuff. It was super fun. And yeah, there's there's tons of other little bonus things on there. There's a Star Wars commentary, which is super funny, with me and three comedians making jokes over Star Wars. And the second you sign up, it takes about a minute. You could be listening to an hour and ten minutes of me and Jason Ward. I'll run through the things we talk to in this hour and ten minutes. Talk about bootleg merchandise. I have a bit of a rant. Uh, I... I'm baffled by people taking offense to the Your Snoke Theory Sucks stickers and t-shirts, but people do. Uh, We talk about if Rogue One should get an Episode 8 teaser. Does Jason think Episode 8 leaks are harder to get than Force Awakens leaks? That's an interesting one. Uh, The various fan reactions to people sneaking onto Star Wars sets, and and Jason's got a bit of a... A little bit of a light conspiracy theory about that. Uh, we talk about our strange childhood Star Wars contraptions that we've made. Thoughts on the Guardians of the Galaxy 
director, James Gunn, he's coming out and he's spoiling the spoilers. Pre-spoiling. So we get Jason's thoughts on that and get into a really interesting conversation about Star Wars spoilers. Uh, why some crew members on Star Wars actually like set leaks. Uh, we talk about... The slain clan leader in the Force back. A bit of speculation there. A bit of speculation about trees in the Star Wars universe. And the Shattered Empire comic. Did that set something up for Episode 8? We talk about the Star Wars Karate Kid connection. Is Saw Gerrera returning in Rogue One? Overhyped by fans. And a mysterious... We brought it up, or Jason brought it up, I should say, in the main show... But the video George Lucas made for Lucasfilm explaining the force. Jason Ward drops the dirt on that. And we also discuss the theory that Lucasfilm actually benefits from Star Wars spoilers. All packed into the hour and ten minute bonus show. You guys, I'm not trying to rip you off. Not running a scam. $3 a month for... When you add in the the free shows and the bonus shows, I think I'd do about, I'd probably say about four hours of Star Wars action a week, times that by five, so say let's say 25 hours, for $3 you are getting 25 hours of entertainment. It's pretty good, it's pretty good. So, thank you guys so much. Thank you for everyone that has already signed up. You help keep, literally help keep the dream alive. You're literally doing that, and I appreciate it so much. All the details are on SteelWars.com. Thanks, Jason Ward. Thanks to everyone that called in next weekend, if it's Friday night or whether it's Saturday morning. We have got Johnny Grasso from Rogue One, a podcast for winners. One of my favorite podcasters, and I will be talking Star Wars. Love this guy. We're going to have a great time. So if you're around live, join in. Call in or join in the chat room and write a question there. It is the best fun. I love doing this. I love the format. It is so fun. So we will see you next week on the call-in show. Uh, this week's Steel Wars episode was recorded before a live audience. It is with hilarious comedians Danny McGinley, all the way back from Steel Wars episode one, and Adam Richard. Two of my favorite people, two big Star Wars fans, and two people that made me laugh a lot while we were recording this week's Steel Wars episode. So check that out on the regular Steel Wars feed, which you may or may not be listening to this on. It's crazy. It's a crazy world we live in. But whenever I talk to you next, I cannot wait to do that. I hope you look forward to it as well. And may that force be with you. Do you think it's Jar Jar Binks? No, it has to be Boba Fett. What if Tarkin escaped the Death Star?
If you are sick of lame Snoke theories, you need the Your Snoke Theory Sucks t-shirt and or sticker pack. The t-shirts are finally here and are getting shipped worldwide as you listen to this podcast. And there are limited quantities still remaining. They are screen printed on the highest quality AAA all-style apparel t-shirts so you will be impressing people for years to come with your cynical expression of Star Wars fandom. The tees are $24.95 Australian, which is about $19 American. Or you can get an assorted 10-pack of stickers for $5. And with both deals, there is 10 VIP downloads instantly upon purchase. And you'll be supporting this little podcast that you're listening to right now. How cool is that? It's all up at SteelWars.com. <laughs>